0: Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle.
1: And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good.
0: And you know us. We're always shooting from the hip, but we're always honest with you. And let me tell you, this is a shoot from the hip episode. All right. We're just kind of, we are, hmm, what's the most... Elegant way to put it. I, I don't want to say flying by the seat of our pants because we do have a little bit of preparation. However, in terms of cohesion, maybe not all there right now.
1: Yeah, but I mean that's fine, right?
0: Yeah, it's fine. We're. I we don't are think e-
1: you. I hope and pray our audience knows this by now. You know, 118 episodes in, that this is just what you're gonna get every once in a
0: while. Yeah. So we are here to inject. I'm going to say a different kind of liveliness into your day that you maybe wouldn't have gotten anywhere else. And that is the only promise that I can give you this week and every week hereafter.
1: I find it very easy to believe there aren't very many other podcasts like us. I for better or for worse. Is, yeah. So I know when you come here, you're going to get something that you don't get
0: anywhere else.
1: Now, and quite thing, honestly, thing,
0: I also think you get exactly what you expect. You kind of you hear the theme song, you hear us talk for about fifteen seconds, and you're like, "All right, vibe pinpointed instantly. I got it."
1: Right, and I think for some people they're like, "Oh, I know exactly what to expect now, and I know whether or not I'm about it. And if it if it fits your vibe, dope. And if it doesn't, well, you've left already. So I'm not." And if it
0: fits your vibe, uh, drop me a line. Hey, what's up? How's it going? Uh, ha, 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 do you have any christmas plans you don't okay well hit me up anyway do you want to talk about our movie this week i would love to talk about a movie this week we are in week three of christmas where we watch movies starring the famous Chrises of hollywood this week we are watching a chris pratt movie and that movie is called onward it's a 2020 pixar movie it has tom holland and julie julia louise dreyfus in it uh, if you don't want to hear us talk about this movie, you can skip to this time code right here. Time
1: code, 26 minutes.
0: Hmm. Okay, so, onward. Like I said, 2020 Pixar movie. Yes. Uh, This is my second time seeing it. So, I saw this, like, about right when they added it onto Disney+. Plus. And they added it to Disney+. Plus earlier than they would have with other movies because this movie was like one of the first ones to get heavily affected by pandemic restrictions uh so i saw, you know i saw this movie like i don't know four or five weeks after it came out just like on disney plus okay and if you are unfamiliar with this movie here's the quick breakdown in a fantasy world full of magic they decide magic is too hard and it kind of sucks, so they invent normal human, what we would consider like normal technology. And they rely on that technology so much they lose their ability to perform magic. Cut to our main characters of the movie Ian and Bradley Lightfoot, whose dad died like right after Ian was born. Ian is the younger brother of the two. And on Ian's birthday, they get. A pr- uh, Ian gets a present from their late father that was like, hey, give this to the boys when they're both 16 or older than 16. And in it is a homebrewed spell and the components for said spell that would bring the dead dad back to life for one day. They try to perform the spell. It goes wrong. And so the movie is about this quest to find the mate- find the materials to reperform the spell and spend time with their dad. That's the movie. Right.
1: And there's only one material they need. It's a crystal. Um, but they also didn't... You also find out that Ian has the ability to perform magic and Barley doesn't.
0: Yes. So, so it, every yeah. time they and need Barley, to do something magical... Sorry, you do your thing.
1: Right. Um, Barley is heavily influenced by like their version of Dungeons & Dragons, which for them is all historical data that's so old it feels almost biblical. Like, yeah, that might have been true. But now we've evolved since then. So it's all high fantasy for them as well. So everyone's not taking him seriously. But once Ian, a.k.a. Tom Holland, figures out he has the ability to cast spells, his deadbeat brother now has endless knowledge about spells, how to cast them, the lore around it, locations, something like that. So even though he's like in his, I think it's alluded to that he's like college age, he's taking a gap year Um, that's lasting a really long time. So early 20s, still living with his mom, no work or anything like that. Um, His knowledge that he specializes in that no one takes seriously is extremely useful and real.
0: Yes. Now, Tom Holland and Chris Pratt are the younger and older brother, respectively. And the younger brother, Ian, very clearly written for a Tom Holland type actor. And uh, Barley... Very clearly written for a Jack Black type actor.
1: It was confusing because I knew we were watching this for Chris Pratt, but the voice and the mannerisms were so clearly Jack Black that it was like off-putting.
0: Yeah, and it makes me wonder, like, did they try to get Jack Black? Did they, like, was the director just like, just do Jack Black? Like, it it's almost frustrating. That it is so close to Jack Black and is not Jack Black.
1: This reminds me of Minions when we were watching. I'm like, oh, this is obviously Will Arnett, but instead it's John Ham doing a Will Arnett impression. Yeah. It's like you have a person who's dominating a certain character type in the space and a person who has the star power behind them, but this is not their thing. Like other people can do a rock like character. But we're all going to call it out as, oh, that character was not meant for this person. It was supposed to be. It was written for The Rock, for, you know, Jack Black or whatever. So it is off-putting for me, for a good first 25% of the movie. For the whole first act, I'm like, this is weird. We're watching, essentially, School of Rock, Jack Black, and his little brother.
0: Yes. Now, I don't actively dislike this movie but we talked about Soul two years ago. Now, oh, g- Alex, we talked about Soul two years ago. Whew, sorry, had to go through a little existential crisis. Um, but I-, I feel very similarly about this movie that I felt about Soul. Is like it's not bad. It's just it's missing something.
1: Right. I don't know what that is. Um, because the jokes are pretty funny. The adventure is there. There is a clear arc for pretty much everyone involved. The secondary characters are extremely secondary, though.
0: It, yeah, and I know what my thing is. It's, I don't like the character of Barley. Like, at all. Oh, I didn't and, mind him.
1: I, got, I, I did. I think Ian's relationship with Barley makes Barley endearing.
0: Yes, absolutely. And so, at the end of the movie, uh, Ian kind of, like, has this connection in his mind he makes this connection where this whole time he's been trying to complete this quest so he can see his dad because he's never had a father figure in his life and then he replays the events of the movie and he's like oh my older brother has been my father figure and like you said that makes barley a little more endearing but all the steps until he does that like rewind flashback connection everything he does along the way Feels almost purposefully in the way.
1: I dug it, dude. I thought it was cool that this guy just like has, he has the cheat code. He's the only one who could do this. And I'm so glad, like as a, he was a great older brother. And the fact that he wasn't jealous of Ian at all. Yes. He's like super excited. Hey, it's in the family. I will help you. I will teach you everything. I'm glad you're going through this. He wasn't jealous because it was obvious. it would obviously been better for him. Um yes, so I and- love that he was supportive from the beginning.
0: Um yeah, ab- absolutely. And I think the relationships in this movie are what make it. Like you have to be invested in how people react to each other otherwise you're not gonna care. There are some bits that like I didn't care for like the the motorcycle pixie gang. That was kind of whatever. Yeah, I
1: thought it was yeah, same here. I felt like it was, yeah, world building. Let's again prove that they used to be able to fly, but now they have motorcycles, which is easier than flying. And now they don't know they can fly anymore. So it feels very much like world building, but as a plot point, very boring.
0: I think a lot of recent Pixar movies have focused, they've gone in the direction of awkward comedy where the joke lies in the fact that, oh, this is a little different than how we expect it to be. Or like, it it, it happens a lot in this movie where the joke is a high fantasy world is using what we would use. So the, the changing of expectations, the going against expectations is actually falling into our expectations. And That kind of joke got old pretty fast. Like, right when they got to the tavern and the manticore was, like, using a karaoke machine and talking about having investors and stuff like that. After that, anytime they did, like, oh, see, we're using a real-world thing. I'm like, okay, we get it. Thanks.
1: Yeah, it felt. Because the thing is, is we're doing a real-world thing. Is boring because we live in that world. So Yeah. we came here to escape and do something fantasy, but you're just taking us back to what we're used to. And that, yeah, it was just a weird move. It felt, um, it was disappointing. Just yeah. sort of disappointing.
0: And I liked talking about like the character stuff. I, I think that Ian had a really good gr- arc in this movie. He has the best arc in this movie, You know, if if you like Barley, you know, a case could be made that he has a a good arc as well. But I kind of just didn't care about him so much that whatever growth he had was, like, beyond me. But watching Ian gain his confidence and, like, in that final scene where he's, like, actively alternating between spells when yesterday he hardly had the confidence to pick the staff up at all. Like, that was was a nice kind of full circle moment for me.
1: Yeah, and I... I think Ian was boring. Sure. Because I felt like Ian is the character. He was the straight man. Yeah. So he's playing the normal kid. And we've all seen the normal kid a million times because normal kids are normal. They're everywhere.
0: So like
1: even his outburst, I'm like, well, this makes sense because you're a normal kid. This is the climax. This is when you yell at him and tell him those things that he shouldn't. You shouldn't be telling him. I don't know. I was just, I got bored with Ian way before I got bored with Barley.
0: And um, Ian is the kind of the main culprit of what I was talking about with like that awkward comedy where, you know, at the beginning of the movie, there's a scene that is supposed to be played for laughs where like he is struggling to invite people to a party. And yeah. That the scene, scene we've just seen a rough thousand times. Um, there's a scene where he has to disguise himself as a stepdad or like his mom's boyfriend and watching him awkwardly try to be an adult and get himself caught in a string of lies like that scene was also kind of like again a scene that is supposed to be played for laughs just feels very repetitive so i i totally understand what you mean
1: yeah and it's it just yeah it's even if it was repetitive. It's just something we've seen before. You see a barley character every once in a while, but it's always played by Jack black. So like the fact that this character is doing something else and they're productive, like the, the, one of the arcs of the story is the fact that barley hasn't accomplished anything after high school. So he's had quite a few years where he's supposed to have done something and just not happening. He drives a And van, he also
0: has a reputation for this too.
1: Yeah, of just not accomplishing everything. Everyone's like, Oh, your older brother, deadbeat. He should be going out and doing stuff. So I liked how this guy's um they're kind of playing on the fact that like what he knows is super useful right now. Like this story would not have progressed without him. He knew where to go, he knew what to do. Um, like even with Raven's point. Like, that worked because of him. So, I liked that. So, I just found Barleymore interesting. I was super not interested in the Manticore and uh, Mom Lightfoot secondary story going on. Every time I cut to that, I'm like, oh, I forgot someone's chasing these kids. Yeah. And then the Centaur also couldn't care less.
0: Yeah, they were only there to create a sense of urgency, which... We kind of already had a sense of urgency because we were on a pretty strict time clock here.
1: Yeah, I don't know why we needed another thing when we're like, oh, do you know our dead dad? We have six hours before he's gone forever. I'm like, that that's intense enough.
0: And I felt like I wish the the dad legs was more helpful. I feel like it felt like too much of like dead weight for them. It was too much of a burden, and I felt like the I, the whole the, he's the whole point of the story is the legs. This is the whole point of the story, but any time they had to accommodate for the legs or a scene took place with the legs being the centerpiece, I'm like, this is this is too complicated. Can we make this simpler, please?
1: Also, because it was just the legs, I wasn't attached to it at any point yeah. in time. I'm like these legs don't have much of a personality they tried with like the tapping of the shoe and stuff that from their childhood but i'm like i'm not attached to legs dude I, it just there wasn't much of a um personification
0: and the thing the one easy fix that i would be interested to see how much it changed the movie is if he could just hear them even with the oh, legs dude. I, the that fact would be that so he, much better the fact that the legs couldn't hear them i understand that that's a stupid sentence to say you know make the legs hear its sons like i get that stupid but the the movie's about magic we can let the legs hear i think yeah. f- that would that would make things so much easier like as it an was, audience member it
1: was annoying that there was no communication going the other way the communication was we're right here like this is us and that's it
0: this movie also does Man, we're one of killing. my least favorite things, which is we did all this work for nothing. I hate that trope so much because they spend, I cannot stress this enough, a full 24 hours traveling to try to like get their dad back. And the final piece that they needed was in the, in their hometown where they started at their high school, and I—it is infuriating when l- we go through all this work just to find out it was r- like I don't know. It, it makes the whole journey feel worthless.
1: I f- found that a little annoying. I was more frustrated with the fact that, and it's supposed to be like a sacrifice, right? I, yep, I
0: feel the story. same way. I know that what you're about Ian to say, is and I
1: let barley, you know, see the dad because you're my father figure. I don't need this. And the whole time I'm thinking, what was the, what? <laughs> it was like it. It didn't feel good because we didn't even get to see it. We were with Ian that entire interaction. So I'm like, well, I don't care if you don't want to, Ian. I still want to know what he says to barley. And then instead. Barley just does like some secondhand. Oh, by the way, Dad said. I'm like, what? Are you yeah. passing us a message? Like, this is a voicemail. This feels weird. And, it and felt, think, uh, anticlimactic.
0: And, and I think that interaction is heartfelt, and it does that interaction does a lot to kind of solidify the, the the relationship that Ian and Barley are going to have for you know the rest of their characters' lives. But yeah, it just felt they created a situation just so they could make that sacrifice.
1: Yeah, it was dumb. I didn't like it.
0: And Um, you know, another sacrifice that I didn't care for, Barley sacrificing the van meant nothing to me.
1: It it felt extreme.
0: Yes. Yes. It felt very
1: extreme. The whole time thinking like, why don't you just take there's no magic for just getting off the cliff. You can't drive down the invisible bridge. Like I felt like we would need to explore more options. And him putting a stone on the gas pedal and letting it ramp up and cause like a rock slide seemed too much of an extreme.
0: So I just, I really, there's a lot that I just do not care for this movie at the end of the day. I really like the color scheme. I think there are a lot of cool character designs. There are some not as cool character designs. I think this movie is, it's not a bad watch. It is just, not my favorite and fits kind of in this theme that I've been feeling recently of just like Pixar movies. Haven't really been hitting the same for me. Like yeah. other movies do. And it's not cause like, Oh, it's cause they're made for kids. Like, no, like early Pixar movies, you know, like up and the Incredibles, even Incredibles two Like it's not that I don't like modern Pixar movies. And like I'm against the concept of them. It's just that in the last like three years, with the exception of turning red, I've just been like more disappointed than not when I watch a Pixar movie.
1: Yeah, I, I don't. I'm have um, low expectations for kids movies, so this exceeded my low expectations. So when I was giving this a score, I gave it a seven and a half. Now I'm realized I'm only giving a seven and a half because it's not. It's a seven and a half kids movie. It's not a seven and a half movie. Seven and a half is a good movie that I would recommend to people. This is a okay movie that if you wanted to watch it, I wouldn't argue with you. And which is not the same thing.
0: Yeah, because like I, I I know. I'm just looking through the list of uh, just the list of Pixar movies, right? Lightyear, I Uh, did not like it in the slightest. Turning Red was good. I liked it. Luca was okay. Soul was okay. Onward was okay. And Toy Story 4. So, like, it's just been, you know, of the last five, I only liked one of them, and that's kind of a bummer for me because the rest of this studio's ensemble is so good toy story 4 made me cry incredibles 2 made me cry i liked cars 3 more than i thought i was going to <laughs>
1: yeah that's like called cars 3 in theaters yeah I paid like cars, for that ticket.
0: cars 3 is like kind of like genuinely good um so it's it's kind of a bummer to see so many people rave about movies like onward and soul and to watch these movies and just like not get it because you know, I I don't see these movies as kid movies. I think they are family friendly movies, but they they should have a piece for everybody. And I feel like right. recently these movies do not have a piece for everybody. I think that the that emotion. That is facts, bro. I think that these movies have been trying very hard to create an emotional presence. That like th- this movie came out before the big wave of generational trauma stories that we've been getting. Like this year, we've been getting <laughs> yeah. a we've been getting a lot of stories about generational trauma this year. And <laughs> yeah. this movie came out two years before that, so. It was kind of Trump ahead of its time. Right <laughs> it was kind of ahead of its time in terms of telling a story like that. So adults that did not have a father figure in their life, like, should be able to connect very heartily to these characters. And you know, maybe that's why I didn't. Um,
1: I had one moment where I felt something, and when
0: the credits rolled. Sorry, that's mean.
1: That was mean. I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah, I had one moment where I felt something, and then the rest of it, I wasn't laughing super. I was just like watching a movie. This happens every once in a while. You and I talk about this. It's like when a movie is so mid, the conversation about it is short. The reason we're talking about so long is because we expected more. Yes. And there isn't much to talk about the movie itself. We're going to spend most of our conversation talking about our
0: expectations
1: of the movie and how this didn't meet it and what could have done better on things we didn't like.
0: Yeah. Cause like, we're not going to talk about how they floated on a giant Cheeto down a river. Like, Hey, <laughs> right. you, you kind of get, you get it now. I've already said it. That's as much as it needs.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or like the fact that the mom and the, winged beast, the manticore, manticore sh- were in a car and there was some like weird dynamics going on and how they were being sassy. And I'm like, Oh, I like you. It was just like, Egh. it was something. It it just felt like filler.
0: Yeah. So I just want, I, I really don't love talking about how much a movie disappointed me. Cause it, it, it feels disingenuous well, after a certain time. It feels like, well, all also we're I don't doing like is- talking
1: about how much movies disappoint me because that, doesn't mean that's a me thing. If I went in with no expectations, then I wouldn't have anything to talk about. I didn't expect very much. And this movie exceeded those expectations because I went in with low expectations. But when you frame it in the fact that we watch a bunch of movies, this movie is below
0: what we would consider great. And
1: it's mid bro.
0: And so this, like, like you said, this is one of those movies that if somebody was like, this is in my top three Pixar movies. I'd be like, I disagree, but like, I'm not gonna. That, that's not I I wouldn't say that's an incorrect opinion. I wouldn't like. It's
1: not the worst one. Yeah. It's definitely not the best one. It's in the middle. And I know that someone said, this is my favorite one. I'm like, it's because you connected emotionally with the one or two of the characters and you felt something. And, and it didn't so, happen to me very much, but I can understand. It's a very personal opinion.
0: And this movie just didn't have much to offer outside of the chance of you making an emotional connection. Right. Um. I'm, I'm giving this movie a flat six. Like I said, it's not a bad movie. It's not. I just went in expecting, like, Toy Story 4 or something like that, or Inside Out. Like, that's kind of the, the... Both of uh, which
1: are better than this movie.
0: That's kind of the emotional threshold that I was kind of expecting, and I did not connect to it in that way. So, uh...
1: Yeah, I'm giving it a 6.75. It's it's a good movie, but it's forgettable. Like, I'm not in a hurry to watch this movie again. I feel like it's one of those things are like, oh, I've seen that, and it's, it's whatever. It's good, because I connected, I had one or two moments with it, and I liked Barley. But, like, it's such a... This feels like a personal opinion. Like, this is a 6.75... For me. If someone said this movie was a four, I'd be like, okay. If someone said this movie was an eight, I'd be like, okay. Like, whatever. It it's not uniformly great like Lion King. It's not uniformly great like The Incredibles, where everyone's on the same page. This movie's just like, what'd you think? So I don't feel bad giving it a six point seven five. I totally get your six. It's just a whatever movie. And you know what? That's just Chris Pratt, you know? I think it's his fault. okay all right craig what you got for our oh you can welcome people back and do that whole thing
0: i'm not gonna you don't deserve to be welcomed back (laughs) yeah you you abandoned us um today we're gonna be doing a movie style and i kind of wanted to theme this movie style up a little bit i want to work i want us to pitch sequels to things and the more undeserving a sequel the better i think yep. so good. um we're just gonna give each other the general theme of kind of what we want to hear from a movie pitch and at any time the other person can kind of just like ring in and be like eh, let me throw a wrench into that real quick and then the pitch has to adapt around that new piece of information all right sure man all right uh alex do you want to pitch first or do you want me to pitch first
1: uh i want you to pitch first
0: All right, then what am Um, I pitching?
1: I want you to give me a sequel to... um, Let me pick a list of the movies we've watched. Uh, The Bucket List.
0: Okay, so everyone remembers when we watched The Bucket List, obviously. Which means everyone obviously remembers the character of Morgan Freeman's wife. Now... If I remember correctly, they were kind of on the outs until Morgan Freeman's character got sick. Now, the way that movie ends, obviously Morgan Freeman's character dies eventually. So the movie is about his estranged-ish wife coping with Virginia, yes, coping with his death. And how does she do this? By fulfilling... Or rather, by repeating everything that they had done on their bucket list, so, so the whole movie oh, is just a oh, re-tramp of follow ground.
1: Yeah, is she got remarried? Okay, and she's going through the exact same thing with her new spouse on why she's going out of her way doing bucket lists about her previous spouse.
0: Yeah, and. It cannot be stated enough that this husband is inappropriately young. This is Michael B. Jordan that she is married to. And, you know, they go skydiving. They go to Egypt or whatever. And when they're climbing the pyramid, instead of having this, like, big heart-to-heart on, like, you know how do you feel about life and death and whatnot Michael B Jordan finally snaps and he's like hey why am I fulfilling your late husband's goals that he already did and that's kind of the big tension of the movie now let me let me go the crazy and say, thing
1: is at the end of the second act she dies early yeah and obviously a whole third act happening
0: now. Up until the second act, it's the same style of comedy that the first bucket list was. Which is, we're not really going to tell jokes. It's just going to be a little whimsical. But third act, uh, the moment she dies, onward, it turns it turns into a slapstick comedy. Like, she dies because she slipped on a banana peel and fell down the pyramid. That That's, you know. And from that moment on, Michael B. Jordan's doing, like, Jim Carrey-type stuff. Um, and now <laughs> it's up to him... To make the choice on if he wants to finish the bucket list for his late wife who's doing it for her late husband and then it turns into kind of like a ring scenario or like an it follows scenario where if you don't complete the bucket list you must carry it on to somebody else and the movie ends with a really vague sentiment of we don't know if he completes the bucket list or not we only know if the movie makes enough money to warrant a third movie that will finish the trilogy. Good grief, bro. Uh, what's this movie called? Um, what is this movie called? This movie's called, I mean, Bucket List 2, obviously, colon. Right. Subtitle. It follows. <laughs>
1: <laughs> interesting. Interesting. I'm very interested to see it. I think probably going to be a PG-13 rating probably gonna bomb in the box office maybe straight to streaming on like paramount
0: yeah like morgan freeman isn't even like a producer on the movie they just use a bunch of archive footage for flashbacks or whatever
1: or they just like vaguely refer to him and jack nicholson didn't clear his name and likeness so they can't use him again (laughs)
0: <laughs> they they have to keep referring to them as, like, your late husband. They they say your late husband, I think, 45 times in the movie. And then, uh, you know, Jack Nicholson can only be referred to as that old rich guy.
1: Yeah. Or, like, your father's friend. Yeah, dude, that's pretty whack. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm hoping I can do better because that movie sounds like it's freaking
0: bad. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Alex, I wasn't trying to pitch a good one. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. I wanted it to be silly. It's a, it's a comedy podcast.
1: Yeah. I, movies, we would tear that movie apart on the podcast. Um, it would get destroyed.
0: <laughs> hey, Alex, can you yeah. pitch me about time too?
1: Okay. First of all, I love this movie.
0: I know you do. So
1: I can make this work. So this movie is a prequel. Um, This goes back to the first person who realized that they could go back in time and then their life trying to figure out what's the best way to live your life. So in the first about time, there is a scene where he goes, how come we're not rich? How come we we haven't done all these things? And he goes, none of that stuff is worth it. Your ancestors, you know, the other fathers and all the men in the family have already done that stuff and it never works out for them. Instead, I've spent my time reading books Well, we're the first ancestor, so we're doing everything um, that our future progeny will be learning from. Um, And We also don't know if it's going to be able to be passed on.
0: um, I also want to say that whichever ancestors you choose are also war criminals.
1: Yeah. So the first thing we obviously do is trying to get money as fast as possible. Eventually, we get stuck in this weird paradigm of we've done everything else. Um, and the main character starts committing horrific things to feel something because he doesn't want to just die. He hasn't had like, he feels unfulfilled. So in his quest to be fulfilled, um, starts with money Then we go to women, then we go to just acquiring things. And then he makes the big jump over to, uh, the military and conquering things. So he's able to win elections because anytime it doesn't work out, he just goes back in time and tries again. So eventually he becomes an elected official, then a dictator. And then he's like leading a invasion of like Northern Europe.
0: Uh, But don't forget, this is still a romance movie.
1: Right. And this is when he goes into Norway and finds the beautiful Scandinavian women. And it's a weird situation where he's killed most of her family After bombing a hospital. um, Oh my God. Well, he's a war criminal. He has to commit war crimes.
0: (laughs) You just slid that into the sentence. So casually though.
1: (laughs) So he bombed a hospital while her dad was, you know, on his deathbed or something. So her whole family was there and she was on her way to the hospital. So her whole family is wiped off the face of the earth and she wants to know who's responsible. And this guy sees her from drone footage. (laughs)
0: How far goes, back hold on, how far back are we? With, with the thing is, footage? is he's
1: had so much time to invent things that okay. he's also become I, the inventor I, of drones.
0: I missed the part that I said I missed the part where we're I have to assume decades and decades ago and, and we're we still have modern technology because this guy was a genius level inventor.
1: Yeah, this started in like 1890. And every time he got to about the 1930s, like right before Hitler, because obviously this guy predated Hitler, he's like, ah, we still don't have drones yet. I feel like we could do more. So he just goes back in time, tries to invent it, goes back in time, tries to invent it, and eventually figures out drones. Anyways, close up woman outside the hospital. He just bombed, ordered the strike. Close up on her face. Oh, my gosh, she's beautiful. Let me get in touch with the director of intelligence. Get me all of her information. He's been remained relatively anonymous because obviously it's going to be hard to like i don't know invade a country people know where you're at people still know who he is but he's like no one knows he's in country so he shows up at her house she's like what the heck you're a war criminal you killed my whole family the other reason that half this europe is burning and he's like yes and then over years and years and years this is like one date didn't work one date didn't work one date. so he has to ask her out like 500 times like groundhog day eventually he finds the perfect strategy Gets her to fall in love with them. And then he has his first game.
0: I'm going to be so honest with you. I didn't know I was going to spawn this deep of a tangent. Uh, If I had known that it'd still be going on, I would, I would have done something a little bit lighter, but I uh, I guess Alex is really invested in this.
1: (laughs) Right. So then they have a baby and that's when he realizes, oh geez, now I can't go back in time, you know, and unconquer these worlds. I'm like stuck with this. But he says, screw it. I'm doing it anyway. So he goes back to when he was like 16 or 18, whenever they find out they have the power. He just abandons his country. He leaves Ireland.
0: Ireland? uh, Yeah,
1: that's where they're from. That's where his ancestors are from. So he leaves Ireland. He goes to Scandinavia. Her family's still alive. Nothing ever happened. He's a teenager. Falls in love with her again. He has a different firstborn. He goes, hey, I'm going to cut my losses at least you know, millions of people don't have to die. And they live happily ever after.
0: Hey, quick question. Did you smoke crack before we started recording this episode?
1: No, I did not.
0: But it's a pretty good pitch. I guess so. What's the name of this movie?
1: Reddit. Reddit will love that movie. Um, that movie is called The Land Before Time.
0: Okay, that title already exists. You can't just put emphasis on a different word and have it be a different title.
1: That movie is gonna be called
0: You know, Oops. all those dinosaur movies, that's the land before time. This this is the land before time. Right.
1: <laughs> or I'll call it um war criminal more like <laughs> <laughs> uh, what rhymes with criminal? I can't think of a single thing. Um.
0: Also, 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 what kind of what kind of movie has a question and an answer? What kind of movie has a setup and a punchline in their own title?
1: <laughs> this movie, okay? It's a prequel. You don't have to obey the other rules. It's still getting workshopped. I'll get back to you on the title. Obviously, it's rated R. <laughs> Obviously.
0: Uh, that was the stupidest yeah. thing I've ever heard. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> That's movie style, dude. A uh, Sequel edition.
0: Alex, what's our middle segment?
1: Our middle segment is called Acquired Taste. Uh, we haven't done this in a while. Craig, you might remember, but I've brought in front of you 10 subjects. I have three of them. You're just going to rank best to worst. Um, and they're all on topics you know little to nothing about. And I just want to hear your professional opinion and why something is better than the other. One, two, three, one One being the best, three being the worst. Um, and I just want to get your professional opinion. I understand you don't know much about this, which is why it's an acquired taste. So, Craig, are you ready?
0: Absolutely.
1: Watch brands, all right? Rank the following. Omega, Breitling, and Hamilton. These are all real, by the way. For all these okay, categories. all these are real.
0: You've definitely, I don't remember if it was the last time we did this segment. You've definitely asked me about watches before, and you definitely asked me about Omega specifically. So that might have been uh, a doom to fail. It was Um, a doom to fail. Okay. Omega, Hamilton, and what was the other one? Breitling. Breitling. All right. Um, Omega is going to go first. sure. Hamilton is going to go second. And then Brightlin is going to go third. And do you know why? Why? I don't know either. Next.
1: All right. Rappers rank the following. Nas, Black Thought, and him.
0: Okay. And just to be clear, Nas and Lil Nas X are not the same person, right?
1: Yes, Different people.
0: Okay. Just wanted to double check before I made any hasty decisions. Yes. What was the last one? him. Rock him, Rock him is a that's a great name.
1: It's big fan.
0: R a k i m. Rock. Him. Never mind. I thought it was Not just gonna rock
1: him like Rock. Him. Uh, see that's kind of
0: what I was hoping for. I would have mm-hmm. put him at number one if if that was the name. Um, Black Thought, big fan of that. Powerful. That's number one. Okay. Um, and the
1: crazy thing is, I know you know who I know who Black Thought is, and I know who he, I know you know who he is. You just don't know that's what his name is.
0: Okay. That sentence hardly made sense. It was held together <laughs> by paperclips, but we got there. Um, okay. Then Nas will go second. And yeah, I guess Rockham has to go third. Sorry, bud. Spell your name better.
1: <laughs> oh, Black Thought is the lead rapper of the roots
0: oh. on uh, Jimmy Fallon. That's okay. Black Thought. Okay.
1: Uh, number three, we're going luxury vehicle brands. All right. Lexus, Jaguar, and Maserati.
0: I'm going to say Lexus is first because they're the underdogs. You don't hear about them that much. And maybe that's for a reason, or maybe it's because the modern liberal media news cycle is trying to punish you. They're trying okay. to purposefully push that brand of vehicle down. Number two, what was the second jaguar one? You said? And Maserati. Jaguar, Jaguar. Ja- jag- jaguar, Jaguar.
1: Oh my gosh, dude. Jaguar. Jaguar? Is- like mugwire?
0: What a weird connection you made. Jaguar, I'm gonna put second. Only because I'm putting Maserati third. Because Maserati, again, don't know much about cars, but I do know a lot about car guys. And car guys love talking about Maserati's. Therefore, third place they must go.
1: Solid logic. All right, following up with another car question. Rank these uh, car specialties. Drifting, rallying, and drag racing.
0: Okay, number one, drag racing. Because the fact that we have not combined drag racing into drag shows is something that bewilders me. I feel like that one's kind of an easy gimme. Like, let me see Trixie Mattel drift a car. I would actually kind of be very into that. Um, or drag, sorry, do drag racing. I, I, combined a second one on accident. Um, uh, you have rally and, uh, drifting left rally. I say rally is going to go second because I think it's cool. And I think that in rally races is kind of when you see the people do like using people, like drafting behind them and then using their own momentum to get in front of them. That's cool. Love watching that happen. Third bottom of the list, drifting. Tokyo drifting ruined it for everybody. Um, And also like, I don't know, it's never as cool in real life as it is in video games.
1: Listen, Greg, I think we're all learning so much from you, so um, we're going to continue. We'll wrap it up with one more uh, car-related thing. Cool. Uh, Best F1 racing team. You have... Mercedes, Ferrari, and Red Bull. Hot topic. Anyone who knows anything about F1 is gonna have an opinion about this.
0: Red Bull has their own team. They don't just sponsor an already existing team. They have
1: their own team. They have more than one team, but Red Bull's huh. the main
0: one. Okay. Well, f- I'm I'm gonna choose Ferrari as number one because I yeah. really liked Ford versus Ferrari. That was a that was a cool movie. Nothing two, to do
1: with F1, but
0: nice. Uh two. Is gonna be Mercedes. Okay. Um, three is gonna be Red Bull, and the reason why is because Red Bull is supposed to give you wings, not tires. So, gang, get into competitive air racing. That's a little more on brand.
1: Nice. All right. We're gonna transition to music producers. Um, rank the following: Hit Boy, DJ Premier, and Swiss Beats.
0: Okay. See, I know a few producers but I know a few famous producers and the fact that you didn't say any famous producers really threw me for a loop. Cause <laughs> I had a spot for DJ Khaled. Oh. I had a spot. <laughs> I had a spot. Wow, okay. Yeah. I, I I had a spot for Anderson pack. You did not say either of those.
1: <laughs> um, these guys are more, more famous than, uh, Anderson Pack.
0: Fair They're enough. D-
1: okay. But, um, hit boy, DJ premier Swiss beats.
0: Hit Boy is amazing. <laughs> I love, I love that. <laughs> and then second place is gonna be Swiss Miss. Uh, Swiss beats, but that's what I said.
1: Swiss yeah.
0: Um, only because DJ Premier is. That's that sounds like a that sounds like a a, a software that would come default on my laptop. Okay. Hey, um, DJ Premier, you seem like a very you are probably a very nice guy who makes music that's not for me but you know anyway let's carry on before i dig myself deeper into the sure
1: fall. um ar-15 brands whoa, <laughs> whoa! i know a you event. have uh, a lot of insight into this so rank the following <laughs> knight's armament arrow precision or daniel defense rank those one two three
0: daniel defense sucks oh my god that's awful um, I think okay. in the order you listed it in, what was it? Knight's Armament? That's sick as hell. Okay. And then Arrow Precision? Like, I mean, that's okay, but it's not Daniel's Defense. That sounds like a mobile game. Hey, don't forget to pay $4 to remove ads from Daniel's Defense. All right. Um, right. We'll do
1: the second to the last one. It's uh the greatest of all time MMA fighter. You got John Jones, Khabib, Nergamemov and Anderson Silva.
0: John Jones is the name of the Martian manhunter. So obviously he must go first.
1: Okay. Fair point. Um, So you have Khabib or Anderson Silva.
0: Anderson Silva. That's, that's definitely something. That's (laughs) something. Definitely something. I think I would be more intimidated if I went up against Khabib than Anderson.
1: Right. So I think Khabib is Russian. (laughs)
0: So I think I think he's second then.
1: Okay, and then Anderson will round it out last. Yeah. All right, final one um before we get to the essay section.
0: Nope. What essay? I'm yeah. sorry. I okay.
1: So the last one we're gonna do is college football conferences. You have the SEC, the Big Ten, and the Pac
0: 12. And this goes to show kind of like how not ready for this I was. Because I was expecting you to say like NCAA, and I realized that all of the things that you said operate under the roof of the NCAA, but no. like I was just, I was a tier too high in my thinking. <laughs> yes.
1: Um. Big Ten. SEC. SEC, SEC is going
0: wealth. last because it sounds. Isn't the SEC also like a government function, like the yeah, standard Security
1: Exchange Commission?
0: Yeah. Th- yeah. So last last for that sure. um
1: big 10 pack i think
0: i have to go big 10 for number one just because i know that isn't michigan part of the big 10 yes yeah uh, michigan
1: I, and michigan state are both part of the big 10
0: i feel like i'm obligated to do that and then okay. pac 12 is i don't know yeah
1: better than sec all right yeah. uh craig i'm gonna ask you one more we're doing outdoor activities I just need you to really elaborate on why you picked your favorite one. We don't need the other two to be ranked, but why you picked your favorite? We have bow hunting, mountain climbing, and white water rafting. Okay. Really include some high level technical knowledge and and verbiage.
0: So this one is genuinely easy for me. It is bow hunting because for two okay. reasons. All right, the first one is because my grandpa was a hunter and he raised my brother and I. You know, around firearms and also bows. And I had a much better knack for bows than I did firearms. Like, whenever I went over to his house, I would I just would go grab the bow and just practice with it to the part mm-hmm. where like I was like 10 years old and I was kind of a crack shot with the bow. Um it, like that was one of those skills that if I had discipline, I probably would have gotten really good at. Yeah. Um and my favorite part about you know, just shooting bows in general, is the fact that my grandpa was like, he went and bought me my own bow. And he's like, it was a very expensive bow. And he's like, you know, you have a proficiency in this. You can like, I'm doing this because you're good at it. And you seem to be very interested in it. He got it for me and I never took it out of the case. So I feel like I need to choose bow hunting to kind of reclaim that lost proficiency. And the second reason is because that part where Joe shoots a guy with a bow and you season three is ingrained so deeply into my mind that I know I have no other choice than to bring that to the forefront.
1: All right. Makes sense to me. That concludes acquired taste. We learned a lot about you and your, and your choices. Um, And I think everyone who knew a little bit about those categories um, really enjoyed hearing your opinion. Yeah, for sure. All right. So we have a one hit wonder, as you know, we have a couple of reoccurring segments. Uh, This is not one of them. We bring a bunch of one hit wonders every week, or we bring one a week and we can never use them again. So here's something that you're now going to have to hear again. Pointless platitudes. Craig, you and I are going to take turns saying very wise words that the more you think about them, they make less sense. Things people can use in their everyday life.
0: Yes, so my first piece of wisdom comes to transportation, right? right. When driving, never forget that your forward momentum is what's carrying you forward. Wow,
1: that's uh, really deep.
0: Yeah, profound.
1: Um, I wanna say something regarding uh, to family and loss. What is lost is often found but what is found is often lost.
0: Here's the thing that I feel like is important in terms of your physical health. Um the heart like is The heart is the centerpiece to the body that you control. But the heart is also the centerpiece to the relationships of the bodies you don't. I feel like
1: I should be clapping after each one of these. <laughs> oh, here. Um I want to talk about exploring and adventuring. The road untraveled rarely has phone coverage, (laughs) but your ability to call for help is also your ability to make friends.
0: Um, okay. I think that would really nailed the vibe of what we were going for. Cause there was a solid four seconds of me just kind of thinking about that. Like, (laughs) yeah. Um, I want to I want to talk about appearances. Okay. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, remember that clothes are the fashion of the body, but right, clothes are also the fashion of the soul, and the soul is the fashion of yourself.
1: Okay, I respect that. Yeah. Um, this one's about your buying habits. No matter what you want. You are what you choose to have. And what you choose to have is a reflection of you and who you aspire to be. I really appreciate the silence you give it to just like sink in.
0: I, okay. My last one is going to be a statement about mental health. Ah!
1: Okay. and I'll do one more too. I got, wait, oh my god! I need, I need a moment to think of. Sorry, was my last one?
0: statement so powerful it moved you to tears? Yeah, I kind of have to like <laughs> take a breath after that one.
1: <laughs> okay, here it is. Here it is. It is what it is. Everything happens for a reason. Time heals all wounds.
0: <laughs> Psych. Just, just walking into just walk- <laughs> Just walking into, like, the home goods part of a Target, the home decor, and you're just like, that's a phrase, that's a phrase, that's a phrase. Oh, that was pointless platitudes. Hey, <laughs> yeah. we're hey. I don't think we could come up with more of those if we wanted to. So we're, we're giving that one the Vikings was, funeral. That was
1: more fun than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah
0: we really nailed that energy pretty um, quick yeah, we, we had that locked down alex what do you have for your free balling
1: um i watched nope the jordan peele scary movie yes um it's recently just gone to peacock yeah um i've only seen get out i haven't seen us so of his three this is the only this this is i've seen two of them now i have um, this
0: is the only one that i have seen
1: okay uh get out was better yeah, that's nope kind of what I've been is hearing. Pretty okay. To be honest, it wasn't scary. Like it wasn't, ever. no. It was not scary. I, it's kind of a thriller, but the threat for me was never there. I just kind of liked how they were handling the antagonist. But like the stakes were kind of weird. I, I don't know. The, really, what ends up happening is they see a UFO type thing, and the main part of the movie. Is trying to get footage of it so they can be rich. Yeah. Like that's a big part of the movie. And I was, it didn't do it for me. I liked everyone in it though.
0: Um, this, uh, this is actually a very fun thing because I talked about it back in July. You're talking about it now. We're also watching it on small and tall at the end of the month. So this is (laughs) going to be like, this is going to be like the one movie where we have everybody's opinion on within like a timely manner. Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah Kiki Palmer carried that movie for me, personally.
1: I uh, love Daniel Kaluuya in everything he's in. I also like st- uh, Steven Yoon in everything he's in. Kiki Palmer seemed like almost too much in this movie. She was overwhelming, and I think. So she plays a woman uh, named M, or Emerald, and her brother O.J., uh, Otis Jr., um, he's kind of like running the ranch. I identified with him a lot more because he's just like more reserved. So for me, it was like, he was almost more believable because he was less extroverted. Yeah,
0: but, there was you. You could definitely tell it didn't really feel like there was a conversation between Kaluya and Palmer where they were like, "What kind of energies should we bring to the table?" And they yeah. brought polar opposites. Which like, it was
1: definitely a older brother, little sister vibe. It came off strong. Like we might be siblings, but we don't, we get on each other's nerves all the time. It was all right, movie. It was all right.
0: Uh, I'm excited to watch it again because that's one of those movies where I feel like I missed something because a lot of people praise it so highly. I'm ready to watch it again to see if like I get anything else the second time through.
1: I thought it was an easy watch and I thought the visuals were amazing. The visuals were dope. The the story was all right for me. So I'm going to go six and a half. Okay. That seems low. I'm going to go six and a quarter, six and three quarters rather.
0: So I've been playing the new Pokemon game. I got Pokemon Scarlet. Okay. And for anyone that's been following the release of this game, the general consensus is that it runs like garbage. It looks like garbage and it plays like garbage, but it is some of the most fun in a Pokemon game. It's a very fun Pokemon game. It's just poorly built. It is definitely poorly built and it's oh, also geez. kind of overwhelming for me. <laughs> because here's here's what this game does differently as opposed to pretty much all the other Pokemon games. In every other Pokemon game, you get there are three main beats to a story. There's defeat the Pokemon gym, defeat the legendary Pokemon, and defeat the bad guys. Okay. But they like sprinkle each part of the story throughout one linear thing, right? This game gives all three of those things to you at once. So you, it's, an open, it's much more open world than the other games have been, and you just open up the map, you look at the icons, and you're like, here's where all the gyms are, here's where all the bad guys are, and here's where all the titan Pokemon are. And as long as you are at that level, you can, in theory, do them in any order. The game's still kind of like gives you, like, here's area one, here's area two, so that way you don't get, like, absolutely rocked by a level 45 Pokemon when you're still level 20. Um, But aside from that, you know, very, very your own deal. You can kind of do it at your own pace. The only problem with that is, like, the map is not very well organized, so I feel overwhelmed frequently where I feel like I should be doing three things at once all the time and I don't love that aspect of it. Not to mention, like I said earlier, the game doesn't run well. It is a miracle if all the animations are running smoothly at the same time. Usually, there's like one animation that's going well, and all the other animations are like, I can count the frames per second. Oh Um, no, dude. So it's a very poorly optimized game. Um, I'm having fun in the sense that it's Pokemon and I enjoy catching Pokemon and battling Pokemon, but it's for me it doesn't go much deeper than that. So, you can you can hold off on this one, IMO. Okay. Um I watched Bullet Train. Yes.
1: On Netflix now. Yeah. Um also I've been watching Atlanta. This has two characters from Atlanta in it. Um it's just like this movie's good. It's got a couple of cameos. Um, I respected all of them. It's just like a very easy to watch big budget movie. They didn't take almost any risks when they made this. It's just action on a train under two hours with all stars. And that's the movie. And I enjoyed it. I feel like it's just an easy watch. Um, something you could have going on in the background. If you've seen it before, it's got some funny moments in the dialogue's pretty good. A lot of it was improv and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, not gonna change your life. It's not making and it's not getting nominated for anything. It's it's just a big budget movie with all stars. So yeah. It's definitely one of the I'm best seven action points. You do... sorry. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a seven point two five.
0: For me, it's definitely one of the best action movies of the year.
1: Um yeah, and it has real people action. I mean, no, that's not true at all. There's a scene where he's just fighting with the briefcase, but it not everyone in here is a freaking ninja. Um, and it's got that assassin vibes that we all have missions. Our mission is going to intersect and we have to. There's an, there's enough plot going on that it doesn't feel like a waste. Like they just threw money at a problem. Um, but it's not like stuff you have to pay super close attention to. It's just good action movie.
0: Yeah, um, I, I, I agree. All around, I agree. Yeah, I don't have a f- second thing. So you're just good to go in. All
1: right. I also watched Seven because I've just been on this Brad Pitt vibe, bro. Uh, I've seen Seven before. I never got more than halfway through the movie because it is a little boring. This movie is also super dark, both visually and theme wise. Um, There's a lot of people that talk about spoilers at the end. I knew the spoiler going in and I didn't realize that literally only applies to the last 10 minutes of the movie. It's always. So like if it gets spoiled for you, you can still watch it. It is super dark. It is super gory because it follows two homicided detectives. Um, Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt, a young Brad Pitt. And then Brad Pitt is married to, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. And that's pretty much the, all the all-stars you need. Um, so this, you're just walking around watching a bunch of murder investigations and yeah, it's just like, and they're all related to the seven sins. So it starts off with gluttony and a guy like eats himself to death. But well, obviously he was forced. It's just super dark and gritty. Um, I liked Brad Pitt in this too. I'm getting over Morgan Freeman, dude. He's just the same wise old black guy in everything he's in, and I'm just bored with it now. Um, it was good. It's going to be boring for a lot of people. This is a dude movie. this This is not for everybody, and I think a lot of people just find it boring and uninteresting and gritty for no reason. Um, but I kind of li- I I liked it. It was good enough. Uh, it didn't change my life. I know it's like in a lot of people's like top 50 movies, top 10 movies. It's super dark. It's a Fincher movie, David Fincher. Um, but I'm giving it a seven and a half.
0: Okay. Yeah. Seven is one of those movies that's been on my list for a long time. Um, Cause I need to circle back to it. Cause David Fincher is one of those directors that like, he's a very film bro film school director. Yeah. Um,
1: he did Zodiac. He did gone girl. He did the social network. Like
0: girl with a dragon. Very, Tattoo. Like,
1: Right, yeah, very serious movies.
0: Um, and you know, fight club, but yeah, you know that one. <laughs> um, yeah, good, 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 good. Um, we are entering our final week of Christmas. The year is almost over. We are ending the month with Chris Pine. We are watching Hell or High Water to wrap up this year of permanent good. But until then.
1: That is nuts, dude.
0: My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle.
1: And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good.
0: Have fun, be safe, and make good choices.
1: And while you're at it, tell your mom I said hi.
0: See you next week.
1: Deuces.